Wake up. It's the morning motivation with Brittany Daniel. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I hope you guys are doing well. Happy Friday. It is the last day of September, September 30th. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I hope you guys are doing well today. Um, we are going to continue our conversation yesterday uh, of a purpose driven life because we only have what two chapters left, but we did not finish the conversation of being a world class Christian. And then I am going to deviate a little bit because I have a, a few things to, to share with you guys, especially on our journey as being people of God, people of Christ and things like that. And just something that happened yesterday that I want to share and talk about um, and that may happen to you on your journey and your walk, because this is not the first time and it probably won't be the last because that's just the world. But let's go ahead and get into our prayer and our morning shout outs. If this is your first time watching, good morning. We go live each and every weekday at 8 a.m. Eastern. Go ahead and put in the live chat where you are watching from and so you can get your shout out. Um, let's go ahead and do our prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for so much for another day. Thank you for allowing us to fellowship through the internet. I pray everybody that's listening now and later will get a air of peace from this message that you will armor them with what they need to fight, uh, spiritually fight and, 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 um, and intellectually fight as a Christian, because you know you have called us to do great works in the earth and to spread your word and that we will not bend or shake when we are challenged, when we are faced with adversity, that you will provide strength and download strength in us. And anything that comes against us, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. In your darling son, Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Amen, y'all. So let's get into the shout outs and then we'll go ahead and talk about what we got to talk about today. All right. Well, good morning, Cookie Monster. Good morning, Destiny. Happy Friday. I know such a lady. Good morning. Good morning, Queen. Good morning, Nana. Happy Friday. Good morning, Diamond. Oh, I love that. She's a faithful Friday, everyone. Good morning. <clears throat> Good morning, the other diamond. We have two diamonds in the building. Ow. <laughs> we have diamond and then we have diamond. <laughs> Good morning, Melon and Honey. Good morning, Cindy. Uh, Sydney. Good morning, Shanta. Haven't seen you all. Hey, girl. And good morning to Leah. Good morning, Corey. How are you guys doing? Happy Friday. Y'all, it's been a long day. As y'all can see, I'm not, no makeup. I woke up a little, uh, not woke up late. I didn't wake up late. I rested yesterday. Man, doing as much as I've been doing, I've been really needing rest. So I rested yesterday. I feel better. Uh, I have a, a church gala tonight and then some activities this weekend when my friend's having, one of my best friends is having a bridal shower on Sunday. So I have a busy weekend. So I was like, since I won't get much rest you know, I have Friday to catch up on any work I didn't do. I rested yesterday, got my bearings back, took some naps, and now I feel better. So I challenge you, if anytime you are just at your wits end, especially those that don't have kids, if you have kids, it may be hard for you to take a break, right? Try at least. But if you know that you are just physically like drained and if you do any more, you're not going to be good for nobody, take a day, take a couple hours, take a nap. Do something that is going to regen, re, revitalize you because we need as much strength, as much energy as we can. Y'all, I drank coffee yesterday. I just needed, I was like, okay, today is going to be the day <laughs> that I rest. Because I don't get a whole lot of rest on the weekends. Especially with Zara be waking me up all early. She don't let me sleep in. It's not the same as a child. But I'd be like, girl, <sighs> good morning, Percy. Um, but okay, so let's talk, let's have a chat real quick before we get into it. So let's talk about being a world-class Christian. So one thing that 
uh, okay, let's just go back to yesterday. So yesterday, after I ended the live stream, you know, we went on our live stream a lot uh, later. And one thing that will happen on your walk as a Christian, right, or as you as you continue to talk about Jesus, especially if you talk about God, religion, or Jesus on a platform where you're exposed to just any anybody. That's why I didn't go live on Instagram or TikTok today because I wanted to talk to y'all, especially just kind of like not personally. It's open to the world, but you know what I mean. I want to talk to y'all one-on-one, especially the people I know who really get it or who are on the same journey, I guess you can say, because everybody's going to get there at their own time. Like we've always been saying, it's not our job to force people to debate people or anything like that, right? So we'll just set that there. So after we went off live, I had a few, I want to say hecklers on TikTok. And in my mind, I was hearing this Bible verse. It's in Proverbs. It says, don't argue with fools, right? But one thing my pastor taught or our, our apostle taught us is like, you know, you don't argue with people no matter what is going on. If somebody's mean to you or they say anything nasty, you just fight it with more love. Like you become more like Christ. Like Jesus wasn't in the Bible fighting folks. He wasn't taking off his robe, going square up saying, no, my dad is. He didn't do nothing like that. So we are called to be more like Jesus. So when you get hecklers, when you get people who challenge your views, when you get people who you know, we'll pick apart the Bible. I've been one of those people, right? Like, well, you know, the Bible's contradictory. And at times, depending on your lens, it may be that way, right? Or there might be things in the Bible that you yourself cannot explain or that you don't understand. And I want to tell you that's okay. Um, it's not to say that you're leading blindly in your faith, right? We're not blind Christians. The reason I can't speak for you all, the reason why I'm a Christian, why I except Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior is one, I was born into it, right? That's the religion that I was, well, no, I was taught about God. Then as I grew in Christianity, I learned about Jesus and the things that he did. Then I was given a Bible as a young girl and I started reading it for myself. Couldn't understand the King James Version. So as I got older and more mature, I started reading the Bible for myself. That's why I always tell you guys to get your own Bible, read your own Bible so you can see what it says to you. So you can have your own understanding because sometimes when things are preached, They'll take a snippet out of there, but you may get something different, right? So that's another thing. Always read your own Bible because people are going to challenge you. And that's a part of being a Christian, right? People are going to be like, well, what about this? And what about this? Now, one thing that I, I will say, I was very respectful. I did have a few conversations. The Bible says, don't argue with fools, but I entertained it a little bit just to see what people's point of views were, right? And one thing that came over me as I was conversing, because there were certain things that they pointed out that even I questioned, like, why uh, does God mention slavery? Like, why do, you know, we go through these things as human beings, not understanding God, right? And the conclusion that I came to, good morning, the conclusion that I came to was I'm not going to have all the answers. I didn't go to theology school. I was not ordained as a preacher or a minister. I do what I do because as followers of Christ, we are called to spread the good news, not to convert nobody. Like I said yesterday, not to make people believe what we believe. We're supposed to call or tell people what God has done for us and how y'all I'm taking my nail polish off. So if you see it being a little ratchet, my bad, how, God, <laughs> how, uh, what God has called us to do, how he's moved in our lives. And you tell them, Hey, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, you will be forgiven for all your sins and you will be saved. That is our goal, our job and our mission. That's it. Um, but I will say we're not going to have all the answers. We're human. If we spent 
time trying to understand God. And this is how vast God is, right? I don't know how, I don't know why slavery became to be any more than I know how the freaking planets are in rotation. Like that baffles my mind, right? I have no clue how in the universe we have a Milky Way galaxy and planets rotate and spin around the sun the way they do. The same way I can't explain everything in the Bible is the same way I can't explain how a microscopic sperm, a microscopic egg come together during a pleasurable moment for two people and create human life and they open a portal to the spiritual realm. I cannot explain that. There are certain things I can't explain how my body functions on its own without me doing anything. Like I'm sitting here living because my body is on a cycle. I can't explain that. So there are going to be things as a Christian, you're not going to be able to explain. People are going to challenge you. They're going to bring up Bible verses and they're going to try to spend their energy, which I really think is foolish, but hey, they're going to try to spend their energy in telling you why what you believe is wrong. Now, even if this did not exist, right, even if we didn't have this Bible, which I believe is like a guidebook to life, and it is why we're rooted in our faith and where we get our information from, even if we didn't have this, what we do have is how God moved up and showed up in our lives, how Jesus came and covered us in our lives. I can't explain why there's slavery, why God said this and why this happened. I don't know. I wasn't there. God didn't give me that revelation. He didn't make me write this. I don't know. And I feel like as Christians, we can be comfortable with saying we don't know. Let's, hey, give me a scripture. Let's read it together. I can tell you my interpretation of it. But as far as that, I don't know. But this is what he did do for me. This is how he showed up for me. This is how he kept me safe. This is how he He delivered me. This is how he he showed up in my life. Because there are going to be things that we don't understand, that we don't know, we're not going to have all the answers to. And I think that that's okay, because there's going to be things in life that are going to happen to us, are going to happen to others. Even the Bible says good things happen to good, uh, bad things happen to good people. But it all works out in the goodness of of, of God, right? Everything works out in God's will. We don't know. We don't know why this country speaks this language that we I mean, there's a little reverence to it in the Bible, but I, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I'm not a pastor and go to theology school. But what I can tell you is that he's done so much for me. And I feel like when we are challenged, when we are equipped, do what you feel, but try not to get into a, a battle. because Because no matter what you say, they've already made up their mind. Anybody that would take time to challenge somebody else's spiritual beliefs, which spirituality is personal. I believe whatever God has called you to do, even though this is what I believe and this is what this says, whatever you feel in your heart is what you are called to do, do that. I can only tell you what I was told to do, right? Um, if you feel like following that religion, do whatever or praying five times, whatever you feel, I cannot tell you that that's wrong because that's what you believe is what you believe. But what I can tell you is this is what I was called to do. And, and we're just going to agree to disagree. It's okay to agree to disagree. And it's okay not to butt heads and, and disrespect each other. And the reason why I kind of entertained some of it is because it wasn't getting disrespectful. They really had, were like, well, why do you believe this and this and this? And then some people were getting disrespectful. And I just have to pray for them because maybe you didn't have the experience that I had, or maybe, you know, God hasn't shown up yet, or maybe you haven't given yourself up, but God gives us free will. And so that's what I did say. I said, because they had asked about Genesis 6. When God said that he 
he regretted creating man the same way he regretted giving Saul his kingdom. And what my, my apostle said is that there is God's will and then there's what man can do. And anything that we operate in what man can do, God can always turn that around and use it for his good. Right. But he still gives us free will. And. Like there are going to be regrets when you give people free will, like, dang, y'all just running. We was running rampant at one point. Human beings were just doing the most on the earth. So for him, he regretted it. And for whatever reason, he regretted it. He did something about it. He flooded the world. He saved Noah. And boom, we're here today. Right. I wasn't here thousands of years ago. And according to the Bible, there used to be giants on the planet. I, I, I can't. I, I don't understand that. I didn't see that was in my day. Um, so I think it's OK for us to say, I don't know. Um, give me a scripture and we can read it together and figure it out. I can ask my preacher. I can ask my apostle. I can go look up a YouTube video. I can do some more research. Um, but what I can tell you is what God did to me and moved me in, in my life. And the reason why I feel like it's so important for you to read your own Bible and have your own relationship with God and talk to Jesus and do all of that is because when you are challenged, if you don't have these tools, if you don't have, if you're not equipped, you can fall to what they're saying. Because sometimes what people say does make sense. Like, oh, that does make sense why you would come to that conclusion. But in the same breath, I don't want to lean on my under, on my own understanding because there's so many things about life that I don't understand. So if I were to take God's grand scope of whatever he has for us and kind of dumb it down to Brittany's perspective, because I've only been on this planet 32 years, there were things that went on or excuse me, 34 years. There were things that went on. I don't want to be 34 so bad. Y'all hear it. <laughs> There were things that were going on way before my time. And there's going to be things going on way after I leave. I am just a mere mortal. I'm one person. I don't know everything. Okay. So I will say as you grow in your faith, especially if you talk about your faith publicly, you will be challenged. People will say some mean and ignorant things, but that is not a reflection of you. Um, you can't take anything personally. The four agreements tells us we can't take personally. And sometimes people will, 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 um, what is it called? They'll project their hurt, their pain, their church hurt, what they feel God did not did or did not do to them. And so in the same way, you know, it's interesting. We hold church and God to this standard that we don't hold to people, right? In the same way, you wouldn't let nobody tell you about your relationship. Remember, they tell you, they tell us all the time, keep your family out your marriage, keep your family out your relationship. Don't tell your single friends nothing. Which just because somebody's single doesn't mean that they are not wise about relationships. I'll just say that. And just because somebody's in a relationship don't mean they got all the answers. I'll say that. <laughs> but what I will say is the same way we hold these standards and we keep people out of our personal relationships, we should have that same kind of reverence with our relationship with God, Jesus Christ. Not that we have to fight, not that we have to argue, not that we have to go out swinging. And be like, you don't know about my Jesus. No, no, no. It's just that, okay, that's your opinion. I appreciate your perspective. I understand why you've come to that conclusion. I will pray for you. And I hope that you find the peace or the, the, the love that I have in Jesus name. Amen. And you move out. Like we're not here to, Jesus did not waste his time on people who were so hell bent on not understanding. He just probably prayed for them and kept it moving. And that's what we were called to do. Okay. so. <clears throat> Do your best every single day to continue to grow your relationship. Read your Bible for yourself. Go to church. 
and get what you are supposed to be fed to do. And so that you're on your mission, because at the end of the day, when we are judged by God, ain't none of, ain't nobody standing with nobody. You standing by yourself, solo dolo. So you just want to make sure that conversation um, is a good one, is a healthy one, is one that you are going to be proud of and that you can stand firm and, and tell God why or why not. Okay. So that's all I had to say about that. Um, let's see. Good morning, you guys. Uh, Cookie Monster said the Apostle Paul praises. Uh, the brethren's in Acts 17 for diligently searching the scriptures. Absolutely. And there are going to be people that know the scripture more than you, you know, and that's why we need to definitely read it for ourselves because you're going to hear something and you're going to be like, well, what? That's what the Bible says. So if you read it yourself, you can be like, oh, that ain't what that says. Or, oh, okay. I can see why they drawn that conclusion. You know, it's totally fine to just be like, wait, where did you hear that? Let me see. Give me a scripture, please. You know, and if they don't have it, just be like, okay, and you just take it with a grain of salt and you do your own research, but you don't have to download everything that somebody else has been through or their perspective or their hurt. It's okay to hear somebody out. I don't think that there's anything wrong from hearing a different perspective because somebody was like, that's the problem with Christians. They never want to hear anybody else. I do. I will, I will honor as long as you're as long as your perspective is respectful and you're not disrespecting me in the process, because Bible or not, Jesus or not, you ain't going to disrespect me, dog. That's what you ain't going to do. You ain't going to be out talking outside of your neck. Just keep, no, 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 no. I'm not a doormat. God ain't tell you to, to, to get ran over and be, you know, Jesus died for our sins on that cross. He ain't tell me to do none of that. So <laughs> you ain't throwing stones at me. We Then we going, then, then. Then it's going to be a different type of Britney. It's going to be the same Britney, but it might be something else coming after that, right? So I'm not telling you to be a doormat or to get ran over or to be belittled because you are a follower. What I am telling you is that people are going to challenge you. There are going to be nasty things that are said about you, but you have to remain world class and you have to, you're held to a different standard. You have to remain if Beyonce can do it and people say a million and million things about her and she keep her mouth closed or just keep it moving, people want to be like Beyonce, be like Beyonce if that's the case. If you can't be like Jesus, be like Beyonce. <laughs> what I mean by that is just by just it is what it is. Shanta says, uh, one thing I like to like about the Internet is they're not looking for information. They just want to. Oh, I don't like about the inter internet is they're not looking for information. They just want to challenge your knowledge. That is very true. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with saying, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't have an answer to that question. Like um, somebody had asked about slavery yesterday on TikTok. I was like, to be honest, I think that he said that so that slaves could have an easier time than a harder time. Because back then, if you challenge your master, or whatever, that you would not get a good, that nothing good would come of that. So I don't, but I, I was like, I don't know. I was like, I've challenged. And you can be honest, like I've been challenged with this as well. I've been challenging the scripture, but the good news is we're not there anymore. You know, I, I, I can't battle you on stuff that happened 400, 200 years ago. Was it jacked up? Absolutely. Do I agree with it? No. But who am I? Who am I? You know, and God works in mysterious ways. So we do not know. There were, just like there were slaves in America, there were slaves in Egypt. The Israelites were slaves. So I, I, I don't, I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know. And he, and he delivered us. So thank God. Hallelujah. We're not there no more. 
Um, Shanta said also lots of people have their own interpretations of the word, which is okay. Absolutely. And that's why I believe that everybody should read their word for themselves so they can have their own interpretation. So if anytime you're challenged, anytime that you are, somebody says something to you, like one time we had a debate about women being, um, women dressing a certain way. And somebody was like, it does say that women should be modest. And then we read it and it was like modest in church, <laughs> modest in church. It didn't say, you know, modest in church and modest is up to self-perception. Modesty is a perception. Some people like somebody was saying yesterday, like, why isn't your head covered? I was like, cause I live in the new Testament and I'm not going to cover my head because I wasn't raised like that. And I don't, I don't blame anybody who is, but there's a whole, there's a whole women, a uh, society of women right now that are challenging that even in the country where that is illegal not to wear hijab. So I don't know. <laughs> it is okay to say, I don't know. Um, where did you find that? Let's read it together. But let's get back into being a world-class Christian. We did not get to finish yesterday because we went, I went off on a tangent about, um, children protecting children like I often do and we went off on a tangent about what being careful what we watch if you guys have any questions comments or concerns go ahead and put it in the chat I just thought that that was very uh I just wanted to tell you guys that yesterday because I happened and I was like hmm and this isn't going to be the last time like somebody said something really nasty on the chat it's not going to be the last time uh when you were challenged in that way God is I I believe you're being shown if you're ready or not you know, when and, and it doesn't even have to be Christianity. It could be your opinion on anything. And people are going to challenge. It's just that's just people. And that's not and it's not without their right to challenge you. You should be able to stand 10 toes down on whatever you're saying. And if you're not, then maybe do more practice behind the scenes. But you're going to be challenged. That's just a part of life. That's a part of Christianity. It's a part of being a human being. You will be challenged for your views. It's just how you choose to deal with them. Are you going to be upset? get mad, get angry, or are you just going to rise to the occasion, do what you're, do your job and keep it moving? Y'all look so tired. I'm so sorry, y'all. Forgive me. Forgive me for no makeup and lashes and stuff today. It's the end of the week. Your girl's tired. <laughs> okay. So um, we talked about yesterday about uh, the difference between being a world-class Christian and a worldly Christian. So let's read a little bit yesterday if you guys were not here. So this is worldly Christians look at God primarily for personal fulfillment. They have saved, uh, they have saved, but self-centered, but self-centered, they are saved, but self-centered. They love to attend concerts and enrichment seminars, but you will never find them on mission conferences because they are not interested. Their prayers focus on their own needs, blessings, and happiness. It's a me first faith. How can God make my life more comfortable? That is the worldly Christian. They want to use God for their purposes instead of being used for his purposes. You know, what's funny. So I was uh, reading that I had a revelation. I used to be like that. I told y'all that yesterday. I used to be like that where every time I prayed, it was very selfish. It was all about me. Um, and then one day I realized like, dang, you don't pray for nobody else. Like you don't pray for your parents, you don't pray for your family. Like, come on, extend this prayer, extend the prayer out. So don't be selfish with your prayers. Pray for uh, everybody. I pray for Zara now. I pray for y'all. I pray for 
people that I don't even know. Good morning. I, I try to extend my prayers. And the more you pray, uh, the, the stronger I believe your prayer connection is. It's just like um, a cell service, so to speak. That's what I believe. I don't know. And it says world crash world-class Christians are only fully alive people because, um, oh, wait, 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 sorry, 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 my bad. So it says, in contrast, world-class Christians know that they were saved to serve and made for a mission. They are eager to receive a personal assignment and excited about the privilege of being used by God. It is a privilege, like I said yesterday, to be used by God. It says, world-class Christians are not only fully alive people, on uh, the only fully alive people on the planet, their joy, confidence, enthusiasm, and contagiousness uh, are, or excuse me, are contagious because they know that they are making a difference. They wake up each morning expecting God to work through them in the flesh in ways. Now, and this can be you going to your job and spreading the good news or or just being of service to somebody, or just like, God, how are you going to use me today? Maybe making somebody's day by giving them a smile, a compliment. Y'all, when I see somebody that's looking nice, got some nice shoes on, they got a nice dress, a nice hairstyle, I always give compliments. When I hear, man, oh man, you smell really good, brother. Like even men, and you can do it in a way that's not sexual. Like every man is not going to take your compliment as flirting, especially how you say it. You can set it up to where you being respectful, like, oh, brother, that's some, them some good shoes. You know, you can get a little masculine with it. <laughs> so they don't think that you're flirting, especially if they're married or something like that. But I, I take those moments to try to give compliments and spread niceness and kindness. If somebody's moving out of a parking spot, I, I give a little patience. You can use little instances in your day to just be a little better or do a good deed. Or maybe you see a cart that's not where it's supposed to be and you move it back to the cart place for the people so they don't have to go way over here to get a, you know, get a cart or you put your cart back or you put that item back where you, you got it. Even though you may be like, oh, that's small. That doesn't matter. You don't know how that could be, have a ripple effect. Maybe somebody sees you and then they do a good deed or by you doing that, that other person that is responsible for putting the cart back or putting that item back doesn't have to go out of their way to to do that and then they have more time to do something else so find little instances in your day where you can make somebody's day you never know that one compliment might be exactly what they needed to hear to feel better about themselves we never know how people are feeling maybe the smile that you give somebody was a smile they needed to keep going you just never know how one or two or three little acts of kindness can have a ripple effect in the world and make somebody's day better or make somebody feel like, oh, all people are not crappy people. You know, we we want to bring as much heaven on earth as possible. Good morning. It says, which each type of Christian, it says, which type of Christian do you want to be? It says, God invites you to participate in the greatness, largest, and most diverse and most significant cause in history, his kingdom. Our job is to go out and just be, just be great people. Just be God-fearing people, uh, Jesus-like people, so that we can help build a little heaven on earth. It says he's building his family for eternity. Nothing matters more. Nothing will last longer. Um, it says from the book of Revelations, we know that God's global mission will be accomplished. So because of Revelations, we know what's, what's going to happen in the earth. We already know it's coming. So we can't spend time trying to reverse it. It's been written. It's been written in the stars. We know what's coming. But instead of fearing that, 
right? Um, it says getting involved in world-class Christian, 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 Christianity will allow you to experience a little of what heaven will be like in advance. So instead of us like waiting around to go to heaven and waiting around for to having this eternal experience, why not do things to make, to bring heaven here on earth? Why not draw out things of God to bring and make heaven here on earth? It says today, uh, basically it's challenging us to, to spread the word, to spread the good news. It says, go everywhere with the word and tell the good news to everyone. Um, it says today we have airplane ships, trains, buses, automobiles, and it is a small world after all, and it is shrinking daily. You can fly across the ocean in a matter of hours and be home the next day if you need to be. Uh, the opportunities for normal everyday Christian Christians to become involved in short-term international missions are now literally limitless. Every corner of the of the world is available to you. Um, we have no excuses not to spread the good news. Now with the internet, the world has gotten even smaller. So it's basically saying like, see if there's a way that you can give, see if there's something that you can do in your community. Maybe you volunteer, maybe you go on a mission trip and you go to another country and you, and you help out. Like in what ways can you spread your, not even just good news, but your good deeds? You know, where in the world, the world is at our fingertips at this point. We can't say, well, I can't go to this country. We know we can. With the internet and our exposure, we know we can go anywhere at any time and do great work. Uh, if you feel like you can't get on a plane, you don't got money for that, you can use your phone. Your phone is connected to millions of people around the world. Um, and it says the great barriers are no longer distance, cost, or transportation. The only barrier we have is the way we think. If you feel like your gift or you're insignificant for telling that, that is a lie. That is a devil trying to keep you small. That is a mindset, a lack mindset trying to keep you small. And so the only barrier is the way we think. To be a world-class Christian, you must make some mental shifts. Your perspective and attitudes must change. It's a shift from self-centered thinking to other-centered thinking. Like, how can we stop only thinking about ourselves and what God can do for us? Not to say that you shouldn't pray for yourself. Absolutely. Pray for yourself. Pray for what you need. Pray for, you know, your thank, give your thanksgiving and then exceed that prayer to the world. I'm not saying to forget about yourself at all, but shift your self-centered thinking to other-centered thinking. And it says, the Bible says, my friend, stop thinking like a child and think more mature Think like more mature people. So don't just think about ourselves. When we were children, we thought as children. And some of us, and, and not even too long ago, I was thinking like a child, y'all. It says, this is the first step to become a world-class Christian. It says, Christians only think of themselves. Christians only, ch excuse me, children only think of themselves. Grownups think of others. So if you hear people that go around and say, it's all about me. It's all about me. I don't, I don't care about them. And I, that is a childlike tendency. And the Bible challenges us to grow up, to not be so immature, and to think about others. When people be like, I don't care. Like there is child. When I tell you Atlanta is a childish place, I swear it's every day people just don't care about others. And I just be like, wow, we just really don't care about other people sometimes. And it's it's very sad. So I want to, I do my best to be the change that I want to see. 
I do my best to be patient with others. I do my best to just let people over. I do my best, especially in the vehicles. The cars are the, I feel like the number one place where people here are very, very selfish. I try to do my best to, and of course I'm human. Sometimes, no, I've been sitting in this line. You can't get over, okay? <laughs> but at the most, most of the time, I try to do my best of, of just being a thoughtful person and, and to try to do my best. And you know how people say it's not good enough to be a good person to get into heaven? Well, just try. Just start there. Like, why do we even have to say that? That I don't believe that to be true. Um, I, from what the Bible says, that's not enough. But I don't feel like you can be a Christian and be a mean person either or an evil person either. Like, it's contradictory to what we are called to do. Does that make sense? So I feel like it's our duty and our due diligence to really try our best to the, be the best that we can. Um, Percy says, LOL, yeah, I give random strangers compliments too. Sometimes it leads to a conversation. Absolutely. You just never know how that may change, uplift or shift somebody's day. And it's not our jobs to sit around and find out. Like we're not supposed to be like, hey, nice shoes and waiting on the reaction. Like that's not what we're supposed to do. But you just never know how your compliment, how your your kind words can just turn somebody's day around. So why not be the change that we want to see, right? Uh, Corey says, absolutely agree. In my opinion, I feel as though a good chunk of the world is mean. I agree. I've been praying and asking the Lord to help me love on anyone and everyone, even if they are rude to me. And that's what we are called to do. And that's a beautiful prayer because... Um, it's a bold prayer, but that's what we're challenged to do as Christians. And I get it. You'll get men that'll be like, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't be nice. Don't give. Don't, you know, because they're trying to protect us. So sometimes, ladies, don't let your man uh, harden you a little bit because he's doing that to protect you because he doesn't want you to be exposed to people who mean you harm. Um, and sometimes as Christians, we have to put on our rose colored glasses and see the world a little differently you know, in order to keep going, in order to want to be kind, in order to want to, you know, we have to kind of only focus on the positive because if we focus on the negative, it can drown us and destroy us. Right. And and our men are there to protect us. So uh, my ex used to be like, don't open your window and give nobody no money. And I'd be like, well, I got to give them money. I'm called to be a Christian. So don't let anybody stop you from being a kind person or being bold or, um, but that is a bold prayer. And, and and absolutely, but as Christians, that's what we are called to do. We are called to love random strangers as we love ourselves and to be kind to each other and to be um, just better people. We are called to turn the other cheek. You know, on TikTok, old me would have got down and dirty, but what good does that do? Fighting fire with fire, fighting people with mean words, or being mean back or cussing people out back, that doesn't do nothing but put more wood on the fire. And it just makes the fire explode. But what does kill stuff like that is killing people. With, that's why I say kill them with kindness. Kill them with kindness. Somebody's arguing with you, just stand there and just smile at them. Well, no, smiling actually provokes people these days. Um, you know, you just got to pray for them. I'm sorry you feel that way. I will be praying for you. Thank you. Good morning, you guys. Um, Cookie Monster said, those who refresh others will be refreshed. Absolutely. <laughs> I know where y'all be in. Um, it says, uh, God commands, don't think about your, your own affairs, 
but be interested in others too. Of course, these are these can be difficult mental shifts because we're naturally self-absorbed. It is natural for you to think about yourself first. It is just the way we were wired and programmed. Um, it says, but and almost all advertising encourages us to think about ourselves. Everything almost you hear on social media, unless you're in like the Christian thread, like when you start looking and, and doing like going into Christians, you'll get the Christian thread, right? Social media will give you what you what you are focused on. So if you see that on your timeline, all it is is booty this or um, evil that or just the bad things, that just means that's what you're paying attention to. So be very careful with your social feeds of what you pay attention to. But most of the time, like when I was really heavy into the motivational space, all it was was me, 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 me. What can you do? It's very self-centered. And I will tell you that is not, uh, it's never enough. As somebody who lived that life, being self-centered is never enough. When it's all about you, it's never enough. It is like a drug. And it's an addicting one because not that you feel like you need it, but like I said, it's never enough. It's never enough praise. It's never enough likes. It's never enough. Um, it's just, it's just never enough. You constantly want more, 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 more. And then you get bored with yourself. Then I got to a point where I was just like, I am over me. Like, <laughs> and it, and I feel like that's a beautiful place to get to. If you ever are in a space, especially if you're a creator and you just get to a point where you're just like, I am tired of just it being all about me all the time. Like that to me, it got a little draining, not depressing, but just like, you get tired of seeing yourself. You get tired of thinking about focusing on. Um, that's a big reason why I don't edit a lot of my things and why I go live is because I do not like being so engulfed in myself. It's very annoying for myself. So it says God has given us a spirit. That is why we don't think the same way that the people in the world think. You know, when God starts changing you, your mindset starts to change. You know what I mean? Like you don't see the world the same. When the closer you get to God, the more you read your Bible, the more you really change internally, not just the things that you do externally, but internally, you start seeing the world very, very different. Um, I don't look at the world the same that I did about six months ago or even a year ago. Yeah, a year ago. I don't see the world the same. Not to say that I was a bad person or I was because you can be a good person and still operate in the world just fine. Right. But when you're when you claim Christianity and you have to change because you can't dibble and dabble. You can't do two things at the same. You can't do two things at the same time. And I think that that's why a lot of people don't like Christianity, not only from church hurt and past hurt and things like that, which if we wouldn't bring up old stuff into a new relationship, I don't understand why we continue to bring old pains from church and church hurt into that's another, that's another conversation for another day. Um, but what I'm saying is, what was I saying, child? I'm, now I'm like my apostle forgetting stuff. Um, <laughs> but, um, ooh, bring it to me, Lord. What was I saying, y'all? Put, put it in the comments what I was talking about. Before church hurt. Oh, operating in the world. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you, God. Operating in the world. Now I see the world very differently. The more I read my Bible, the closer I get to God when I go to church and I am convicted to change because you cannot be in the world and go to a church and get the good word and, and stay the same. The Holy Spirit will convict you to change. 
You won't feel good doing certain things anymore. You won't allow yourself to be like, you like, oh, I should stop doing that. Or, oh, I shouldn't entertain that. Or, oh, I shouldn't watch that. Or, oh, I shouldn't. And not to say you're going to be a, a totally 100% different person, but I really feel like you, you, you have to change. You're convicted. Because if you're not convicted, if you're not convicted by reading the Bible, if you're not convicted by church, um, then that's, that's a question. Is the Holy Spirit really in you? You know, so always think that. And if you are convicted, it's okay. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. There is a stint where you kind of mourn a little bit or you get sad or, um, you know, because you're being changed. And my apostle said, that's a great thing. That is a great thing. That means you are being called and you're convicted to change and you can't operate the same. It just is what it is. When I have interactions with people, when I go out, I, there are certain things I can no longer do that I used to do that I can no longer do. Um, Sydney says, if your significant other doesn't want you to serve or help or be kind to anyone to be, but them, that's a red flag. I don't know. Well, I, I, okay. Let's, 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 let's dig this a little bit. I agree with you, Sydney, to a certain extent, men are very territorial and I'll keep it a buck. Men, I feel like as a society as a whole, I'm making a very general statement, have not evolved or are a lot more closed off and evolving um, in, in the spiritual realm than women are. And this is why a spiritual relationship is very vulnerable. You have to be very vulnerable in a spiritual relationship because what you do is, especially I can, I'm going to give you guys my experience. Because I can't speak for other people. When I go to church, right, and I'm praising and I'm worshiping, and if there's something that I did that wasn't quite quite right or aligned, God will convict, the Holy Spirit will convict my spirit, and I'll feel bad. Because I'll be like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I'm not being in alignment with God, right? So I'll be convicted. Um, so I cry. A lot of people, that's why you see a lot of people tearing up. Sometimes for what God brought them through. And then sometimes what God is revealing to them, right? And so you feel bad, you may cry, um, you know, you may, it's it's an emotional experience. It's very hard to go to church and connect with the Holy Spirit without emotion. And what I feel is a lot of men who are, if especially if they're not in the church, then they won't even have these feelings for the most part, unless their friends are holding them accountable, which most don't. Um, Unless they are God fearing men themselves, they won't be convicted by anything. If your friend, if their friends don't convict them, and if the God doesn't convict them, they're going to be just they're just who they are. Because men are just, um, you know, they try to operate in a little emotion as possible because that's what society has put on them, right? Men have emotion for their children this much, and their women this much, and their mothers this much. <laughs> so there's only so much capacity for emotion. So if a man was not raised in church or if he's not actively seeking God and being in a church environment where you're seeing that this type of activity is OK, it's very hard for them to be vulnerable in that aspect, to be convicted, to be better people. From my personal experience and mentality and whatever, even my apostle was like, y'all got to put y'all pride down. He was talking to the men in the church. Now, men outside the church. Wow. Right. But the men in the church, he was like, y'all have to put your pride down and praise God. It is emotional connection. 
There is no way that you can operate with God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ without an emotional connection. You can, but it's going to be very surface. It's not going to penetrate. It ain't going to get down in your heart if it's not an emotional experience. And a lot of men don't want to be emotional. You know what I mean? So I think that because they're trying to protect their women, because they're innately protective, that's just they're territorial. A masculine man is going to want to make sure that his woman is good. So I understand why they don't want us to be nice. Like, I understand why men be like, oh, my woman is mean to everybody but me. Well, I get that, but that's not what God has called us to do. So it's, it's, it is selfish. So it is a, a red flag, but unless he is a man of God, he's not going to understand that. Does that make sense? Um, if he, if God is not after his own heart, not to say that he doesn't believe in God, but that's why it's very important for Christian women, in my personal opinion, to be cautious of somebody that is just, that knows God and somebody that's seeking God. That's two totally different relationships. You can know God and every, and I'm not judging it because everybody gets at a different level. Everybody goes and gets things at a different level. But a man can know God and have no God, like, and do none of none of God's stuff. Like, oh, I know who he is. Yeah, I pray sometimes, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, but he doesn't know what God is convicting him, calling him, changing him. He doesn't let God and the Holy Spirit pierce him on the inside because there's no emotional connection. So you can know God, but you may not be emotionally connected. And that comes through a relationship that comes from spending time. That comes from reading your word and being convicted and changing and crying. And because there's no way you can be in the presence of the Holy Spirit and not feel something, be convicted to change and not feel bad about changing. That's just my personal experience and personal opinion. Um, being very, being kind is very simple and easy. Absolutely. And some men, men of the world will look at that as like, oh, she just nice to everybody. We're supposed to be. Like, I don't know where this whole saying of like, I want my woman to be mean and I get it because you don't want anybody else to have access to her, but her being nice should not be a negative thing, but it has been, that's just society. Unfortunately, um, I've been told I'm too friendly. I'm sorry. I'm a nice person. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't think everybody's a threat, <laughs> but you know, um, that's just, Hey, that's why I need a man of God. So uh, Sydney said there is an idea that being Christian means that you've arrived and you're and you're better being a Christian, at, at least for me, is being a work in progress and allowing God to change. And you're like, absolutely. Thank you for saying this, Sydney. This is so true. Just because you claim when you claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is step one. OK, there is so much that comes out and then you realize, oh, I am jacked up. I got work to do. It is a constant progression and evolving and changing and 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 working at yourself each and every day because being a Christian in the world is not easy. You constantly have to say no to stuff. You constantly have to be the better, bigger person. You constantly have to be convicted. You constantly have to battle your flesh with wanting to be in the world and not wanting to be in the world and doing this and doing that. And you're like, well, can I do this again? Being a Christian is some work, y'all. It is not, you know, when you, you are so right, Sydney, you are a work in progress. It is a work in progress and nobody has it together. Even in 
My my apostle said he's been preaching for over, I don't know how many years, and it's still areas in his life that he's working through and still doing stuff. You know what I mean? So, and, and I've been a Christian my whole life. I've accepted God as Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I don't know how many times I was saved at, at nine, baptized at like 22 and I'm 34. It's, it's always a, a, it's a constant thing. Um, so you're absolutely right. It does not mean that you just saved. Oh, I'm done. That's when your work truly begins. <laughs> that is when your work truly begins. So Sydney, you are hundred percent right on that. Um, Sydney says that's why being equally yoked is so important too. It is. And then, and then there's challenges because you meet people who know God or maybe Christians. Um, and then they're just not there yet. They're just not there yet. But one thing my, my homegirl Kiera said was ensure above all else that they're just seeking God's heart. They might not be on the same path as spiritual walk you are or at the point you are because everybody comes at a different journey. So we want to be careful not to judge because it may be a very long time before you find that person is equally, equally yoked, especially depending on where you are in your in your in your journey. But you got to make sure that that person is after God's heart. So even if they do fall, how are their actions like do they are they repenting? Are they sorry? Like really examine that person's heart and are they after God? Because that's the difference. Because nobody's going to be perfect. People are going to have slip up. People are going to make mistakes. But are they actively working to get better? Or they just be like, well, I'm saved, so I'm good. I'm going to sit home, watch, you know. And what does that mean for you, right? And Sydney says, being equally yoked in both y'all's spiritual journeys and with God and seeing uh, and seeking for God to be the leader in your life. Absolutely. I agree, Sydney. And then, too, um, to caveat on that as well is, are they truly changing? You know, like I just said before, are they truly changing? Are they after God's own heart? Are they really trying to not just be a better person, but just like you said, a leader. And and that takes time because men were not taught these things. You know, men were not taught. So maybe he didn't get the foundation you got. A lot of us got our foundation as little kids. I couldn't imagine where my journey would be if I didn't have that foundation, if I wasn't baptized back when I was 22 or I hadn't read the Bible before myself. Like it really depends on their walk and their journey. And that's why prayer is so important. And you have to pray to make sure that God puts y'all together, not your flesh, because if your flesh puts you together, it's going to be very, very surface. But if God puts y'all together, then there's something there. There's something deeper if that makes any sense. So always pray, always pray, always pray. And if he won't pray with you and for you, that might be a red flag. (laughs) Royalty says exactly. There's no way you can have a thriving relationship with God with there is no change. If if my, my Paul said, if you don't come into, he was like being convicted is a great thing. He said, if you come into church and you feel bad about some of the things that you did in the world, he said, that's a great thing. He said, because if you're not changing, if you could come and get this good word and feel the Holy Spirit or be around the Holy Spirit and there's no change in you, are you truly accepting God? Are you truly downloading what you're downloading? Because if you know, if you have a rela- a thriving relationship with God and there is no change as a Christian, I can't speak for other cultures and other religions, but as a Christian, if you don't feel convicted to do something different, to treat people different, to act different, to be in the world differently, they might want to, you know, we might want to need to look at that. 
Might need to examine your heart and your intentions. <laughs> um, hi, Brittany. Hey, Sarah. Uh, we have the same name as well. What up, Butterfly88? And we were born the same year. Look at that. Uh, have you thought of having a small positivity retreat a day or two here in Georgia? I would love that. I love that you are here in Atlanta. Ooh, that would be so good. I don't think I'm there yet, y'all. I would love to do something like that. I don't think I'm there yet. I feel like God is still working on me. Um, this That is something amazing I could possibly do in the future. I don't think I'm there yet. And I all sometimes I always I sometimes feel unequipped to speak about the things that I speak about. Um, but I know what I was called to do. So I'm like stepping outside my comfort zone. If it were up to me, I'd be in a little hole just reading my Bible and, and figuring out what God wants. But he didn't tell me to do that. <laughs> but I love that idea. I think that that is so dope. I'm not there yet, but pray for me. Pray that God downloads some ideas. Pray that that comes because I that would be I would love to host like something like that. I just don't think I'm there. Um, but thank you for that. Sorry, I appreciate it. Percy says, as a man, I do get emotional, but I feel like I can't do too much. Maybe I'm programmed not to show too much emotion. Absolutely, you are. Absolutely, you are. And in church should be the safest place where you should be emotional. Around your woman and around church should be the safest place. Because if you hold yourself back, you might be missing. Oh, you might be missing that feeling. There, Y'all, there is nothing more beautiful. Then when the Holy Spirit gets down on the inside and you do that ugly whale cry from your stomach, that is a beautiful moment because it's showing that God is really doing something deep down in you. So don't don't what you worried about? Would you rather please God or you please a man? Because those same if, if a man, I will tell you this, if a person is judging the way you praise in church, they worried about the wrong thing. They, they should be focusing on what you getting. And getting some of that good stuff deep down on them. <laughs> so do not hold yourself back from praising and worshiping God the way you feel. Because it's not supposed to be pretty. It's it's ugly. We got in my church, y'all. The other day we were at Bible study. And, and the apostle said, pray. And everybody just, it was so beautiful. I could cry now thinking about it. Everybody just started praying. People would come up and grab you and pray for you and pray with you. Man, and I was just in, and I was just praying over the church and I was praying and praying and praying and praying, praying. I opened my eyes. People were fall. Everybody was fell out and not saying that I did that, but there were people on the ground and people crying and people like if people are, if you are, if somebody's worried about you, they are not doing what they supposed to be doing. That's the first thing. And second thing, close your eyes. Cause that, that's, that's a time for you and the Holy spirit and God and Jesus to be one. The Holy Trinity to, to, to download in you and be one. And you were supposed to be in the moment and worried about what God is telling you to do. Because if we worried about looking this way and looking that way, we missing it. You missing some good stuff, Percy. So don't let forget them. Don't let them do that to you. <laughs> Get that good stuff. Happy birthday, Chevy Chev. I almost wanted to say thank you, Brittany. Watching you has helped me grow and change into a woman that I thought I could never be. Thank you. That's so sweet. And you're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing the work. You are doing it. But I appreciate that. And happy birthday, Chev. Whoop, whoop. I was about to, Lord, see, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Y'all, the song that I was about to sing. 
Get behind me, Satan. You have no place here. Happy birthday, Chev. I hope you have a great, great day and great weekend. Okay, I pray that you have a beautiful weekend. Happy birthday. Come on, Libra sister. Happy birthday. Um, Linda says, y'all be there in due time. Great idea. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, happy birthday. Everybody wish Chev a happy birthday. Chev, next time, tell us. Tell us earlier so we could give you your birthday praises early. Uh, Linda says, prayer is very intimate. Nobody is paying attention to you when you are in a personal or corporate prayer. Absolutely. Like if I'm up here worried about somebody else's prayer, I might be missing out on my own. So I don't care. And I think it's beautiful. Like people who are truly understanding what's going on. That is a beautiful thing to them. When I see people crying and yelling out to God, and especially because I go to one of them churches, when they're crying and they're yelling out to God and they're falling, I think it's beautiful because that means God is touching them on the inside. God is getting deep down in their heart for me and mine. So I think that that is a beautiful thing. Uh, wait a minute. Shamber has a question. Shamber says, question, what is your view on being too religious versus being too spiritual? Ooh. Um, for those of you who have to go to work, I love you. Have a beautiful, blessed day. I'm going to stay on because I'm, I'm just feeling like talking to y'all because it's Friday. We're going to freestyle it a little bit. Um, I feel like it depends on what that person believes is religious and spiritual. Too religious. I feel like you. it depends on the person. But I will say we want to be careful with being too religious so that we're not judging people, that we're not sitting high and mighty on a rock feeling like we're better and that people are beneath us and they're not, they're not on our level. I don't like that part of being too religious. Um, but I don't think that there's anything like too much God or too much being too, um, into what God is calling you to do, but we're not called to only be at church. We're not called to only be around Christians. We are called to have our Christian friends and have our worldly friends so that we can be living examples and go out in the world and do amazing things. So when we're too religious, we want to be careful that we're not judging people, um, that we don't feel like we're high and mighty. And we don't want to only be around Christians because then we're not doing what we're called to do, which is go out in the world. Being spiritual. I feel like it's a beautiful place to start because having a relationship with God is, is, is amazing. And that is, that's everybody should have a relationship with God at the bare minimum, in my personal opinion. But the, the issue with spirituality is what is keeping you accountable? What is holding you accountable? Just doing right and wrong is one thing, but there's levels to it. And I feel like, cause I used to be very spiritual where I was like, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. Y'all even heard me say it on morning motivation. Like I even said it, you know, before, like, and I think that I love, what I love about spiritual people is they don't have that tendency to judge. Sometimes it's like the old Christian. Cause I haven't seen this in new Christianity. I haven't seen like the, the judgment or like the being too nitpicky. I haven't seen that in, in, in the new age of Christianity, the old Christianity it was like, oh, yo, skirt this and just nitpicking over the wrong thing. So I love that about spiritual people is that they tend to not judge and they are in the world. But what is keeping them accountable? What is convicting them, their spirits? Because you could be spiritual and be doing all the wrong stuff. You could be spiritual freaking Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, drinking, smoking and and doing a whole lot of stuff. 
And not to say that um, I'm not trying to tell people that's bad and you shouldn't do that. But God does feel a way about that because why are you doing it? Are you doing it to have fun? Are you doing it because you're 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 replacing where I'm supposed to be in your life? A lot of times addiction happens with the overindulgence in drinking, the overindulgence in smoking and all those things is because people are trying to fill a void which God is supposed to fill. Does that make sense? Um, you know, they don't seek God. They just have a relationship. They pray. It's 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 most of the time uh, very, at least for me, I can't speak for other people. When I used to pray, it was very selfish. It was for my house, my money, my business, my life, my, 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 my. I forgot about people. And when you're spiritual, nothing is holding you accountable for caring about people. Does that make sense? So for me, I challenge people that say they're spiritual because I want to know what's holding you accountable. What's making you change? Because you could be very spiritual and you doing you at the you at the strip club, you at the and again, you have to you have to know what you're convicted to. I only know what God has convicted me to stop doing. I can't tell anybody else what they're convicted to doing, but I know people that are very spiritual that have only fans pages. I know people that are very spiritual and dabble in tarot and things like that. And the reason why I believe God doesn't want us to do that for me, because I used to do it, but why I stopped is because I was leaning on something that was not God. Because at the end of the day, God has the final say so, not cards and and at the and and the reason another reason why I believe they he doesn't want us to dabble in spiritual in the spiritual realm that way because there are things that we have no clue about that's going on. You don't know who's talking to you. You don't know what's on the other side of that, especially if you're not praying to be covered while you're dabbling. Does that make sense? So and let me know what you guys think um in, in the comments. So that's the difference. It's like I don't I, I try to stay in the middle, right? I I don't feel like I'm better than anybody. I understand everybody has their own path and and I just pray for people, spread the good news and do what I'm saying. So I'm I'm now I'm religious because I follow a religious text, right? Um because it holds me accountable. You know, me going to church, me reading my Bible, me getting a closer relationship with Jesus and God and and, and the Holy Trinity and stuff like that is how I'm being convicted. When I was spiritual, what nothing convicted me. If I would, I ain't going to tell my business on the internet, but wasn't nothing convicting me when I was spiritual. So that's the only thing that I have to say. And as much as I I will love people and I'm not here to tell them what to do with their lives and and their mission, but it's very important to have something hold you accountable. And I think a lot of people stray away from religion is because they don't want to be held accountable. They don't want to be told the things that you enjoy, the porn, the sex, the weed, the overindulgence of alcohol, the sleeping around, the this, this, and that. People don't want to be told that that's not okay. You know, I was watching The Crown and um, it was very interesting because the men chose to be married. And this is, and it reminded me of society, right? Where men will choose to be married, get married, and then hate the marriage. And instead of ending it or trying to make the marriage better, they cheat. And so the men in the in the in the show went off. They went on tour and they were cheating on their wives at every port that they went to. There was another woman in another culture and another whatever. And he didn't care anything about that. He put it all on the line 
just because he wasn't, he wanted to indulge and do the things that he wanted to do. But what ended up happening was because he was bragging about the things that they were doing, his wife got wind of it. She filed for divorce. And in that day and age, divorce was shunned upon, especially if you were, if, if uh, uh, you were being, if your spouse claimed that you committed adultery and they had evidence. Cause back then in England, you had to have evidence. You couldn't just say, my husband's cheating on me. Okay. Well, where's the evidence, right? So when she had evidence and she filed for divorce, he lost everything. He lost his family. He lost his job all for some tail. And I feel like if, and that's why it's, in my personal opinion, why it's very important for men to be spiritual, I mean, excuse me, religious, because that religion is going to hold you accountable. No, you can't sleep around. Spirituality will tell you, you can do whatever you want to do. You can have this person and this person and this person. God is going to forgive you and you're going to be straight. That's what spirituality tells you. Religion tells you, no, you cannot. You have to curb your appetite. You, you're held accountable and people don't want to not do what they want to do. Unfortunately. So that's why I'm, I personally geared towards religion, not being too religious, but being that way because people don't want to be held accountable until it's too late because something's going to hold you accountable. But then by that time, sometimes it's too late. So, um, and that's just my personal opinion on that. Um, I hope that makes sense. Um, royalty says a lot of these, a lot of times people don't show emotion in church because they are worried about how they look and what others may think of them. Yeah. And that's royalty. We can't worry about what, how other people see us in church because real pe the folks who's, who get it, don't get it. We should be focusing on our, on our relationship and what God is downloading into us. Cause if we're worried about other people, we're missing out on, on that communication with God, in my personal opinion. Um, Linda says, when you are watching people, God is showing you or us that the person is showing you how to release the pride and gain freedom in him. I love that. Um, okay, she answered. She was like, okay, I got you, girl. Uh, Riri said, there is a right way and a wrong way to approach the spiritual realm is what I believe. There is, but the thing is, Re, we are called as Christians not to. And I believe there's a reason for that. The reason I don't know. I don't. And I, be I believe you. I used to dabble and I used to pray and be covered and all of that. And I feel like I was spiritually, spiritually protected. But you just never know. Because nowadays we don't have enough information. We only know what is being told to us through the internet, people, and some books. Right? We don't know. And if God is telling us, if God put in his scriptures not to, then he's protecting us from something. Just like the Bible says. Um, the reason why we shouldn't fornicate and go on and, and sleep with a whole lot of people is because we're, you're sinning against your own body. You're exposing yourself to not just spiritual energy, but disease, a heartbreak. There's a lot that goes into sex than just, you know, doing the do. You know, a lot of people have just we have a society, not a lot of people. Society has watered it down to just doing the do when it's way deeper than that. And the Bible says. The reason why we shouldn't indulge is because we're sinning against ourselves. And if you are, if you claim to be a Christian and you and you're in the word and you're you're going to be convicted, you're going to feel bad about doing things, you know, you're not supposed to do. The reason why people tend to stay spiritual is because they don't want that conviction. Nobody wants to feel bad about the choices that they've made. You know, I wish we I wish I could tell you just do it. Just do what feels good to you, girl. It don't matter. It does. <laughs> 
It does because I used to be that person. I used to be like, oh, it's, it's God knows my heart. God don't care. God is God is good. Find stuff and be like, oh, look at God. Like I used to be that. I I know. I know what that I've been in the world. I've, I'm still we live here. Right. But as I read, as I grow my relationship, as I get closer, as I continue on my journey in Christianity, I am convicted not to do certain things anymore. So if I'm being convicted and being told, hey, don't do that, maybe it's for a reason. It's just like parents and their children, right? Children don't often understand why you tell them don't run in the street or don't go over there, don't touch this, don't touch that. And sometimes kids will do it and we'd be like, see, that's why I told you don't do that. We don't know what God is protecting us from. And, um, and, and I'm not, and Hey, maybe you'll get, people get there at their own, people get there at their own road. Cause I was one, I was one of them. Right. I, I felt like I, I had it under control and thank God, nothing bad happened to me. Thank God, nothing bad happened to me, but everybody isn't there. Everybody may not operate like that. So we don't want to even tempt the devil. Does that make sense? Or we don't even want to like if you know you're struggling with drug abuse, you don't go hang around people that are doing the drug that you, you know, we have to understand that we're vessels, we're human, and we only have so much strength. It's like if you know that you are trying to be celibate, you don't go lay down in his bed. You don't kiss and, and do things at night and you don't go hang out after hours. And you know what I mean? Because you 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 have to know your own strength to thy own self be true. You have to know yourself. So I'm not telling all I can do. Say, read your word, go to church. If you are convicted, if you feel like uh, I shouldn't be doing this, but you only get that conviction with the relationship. You don't get the conviction being spiritual. You don't. You think everything is fine. God is there to be a genie, at least for me, to pray, ask for what you want. Make sure you're protected. Make sure you're cool. Me, 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 me. And he may do that for you for a while. I know for me, God was allowing me to do that. God was like, okay, go ahead, go and be in the world because you're going to come back. And in this season in my life, God was like, all right, I'm done. I, you're, you're done. You've had your 20s. Come sit down and do what I, I need you to do. At least that's how I felt. I felt like I can't do what I used to do because God was God is done with that time in my life for me. He was like, look, I gave you your time to go dabble in the world. I gave you your time to do what you wanted to do. Now it's time to come home. Now it's time to do the work that I've called you to do. Does that make sense? So you have to just know where you are on your spiritual journey, what God is calling you to do and what you choose to do with it. But I'm telling you, if he's calling you and we ignore that, he goes away from us and he moves on to. So I just I personally, I just don't want him to move on from me. That's just me personally. Uh, Jacqueline says religion for me, religious for me is uh, the fair what the Pharisees were, but they are spiritual because we serve God in spirit and in truth. Yes. But I, I think what she was asking for, Jacqueline, was like, you know how people say they're not religious, they're spiritual. I think that that's what she was asking. Like, well, what's the difference? What do you think about the difference? And I personally think that we just don't want to be religious because we don't want to be held accountable. A lot of people will be like, yeah, I know God. Yeah. Big man upstairs. Yeah. He come through all the time, which he does. He never said that he wasn't going to hold up his end of the bargain, but we got to hold up our end of the bargain because it's a two-way street. And a lot of us 
at least for me, I was driving on a one way street where it was like, God, God was giving, giving, giving. And I wasn't giving like, what are we giving to God? Are we giving our time? Are we giving our bodies? Are we giving our mind? Are we giving our money? Like, cause God is going to continue to continue to do what he said he was going to do. Pray and you, you shall ask. Okay. Time to pay the piper. Now I'm just playing. <laughs> God ain't no gangster. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> he ain't no gangster like that, but I really feel like it's a one way street for, at least for me. And I feel like a lot of people and people will get there in their own time. So no judgment, just, you know, if you're being convicted, if, if you're being called, I would, I would answer it. I would. And it's not just to make sure that we make it into heaven. It's just to make sure that we're doing what we were fulfilled to do. It's not about us. It's all about our purpose. And if we don't, we don't get rooted in our purpose, then a lot of other people miss out. Do you want to be the reason why people don't get their blessing? I don't. I don't. I don't want God getting up there and I have to have that conversation. He'd be like, well, you were supposed to do this, this, and this, and people didn't get blessed because you, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Um, Chevy Chef says, I'm in, it's my last year in my twenties. I'm 29. Child, you're still young. And that's how I feel like God is calling me to be better this year. Well, you better answer the call, Chev. Answer the call. Because the thing is, we act like we got so much time. We act like we know when we going to go. In my mind, I think I'm going to die in my like 80s or 90s. But who's to say that that's true? So why not do everything in our power now to just get our lives right, to do right, to do what we are convict being convicted and called to do? Because I do feel like there is a calling. I feel like God is calling all his children. I really do. I feel like there's there was a movement about a month or two ago where God started sending out. I don't know if he was sending out angels. I don't know how he operates, but I think he's calling all his children to start coming back. Like, all right, I let y'all go out in the world long enough. Y'all, okay, we get it. How many times you gonna listen to F-R-E-E? Come on. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I don't know if he said that. I'm just in my mind. That's what he did. Okay. She ever says, like you said, in, in another podcast, too much of anything is not a good thing. Even too much being religious can, because we are still here on earth and it must be a balance and everything uh, is unhealthy if we don't. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. We can't be too religious. So then we don't talk to anybody else. We don't do anything else. We don't, we got to be in the world to be examples of how God is moving through us. And that God is real. Because so, what, what, what would possibly happen is like somebody might be sad and they'd be like, well, I see that he's working and you was, you're different now. What's going on? Like you might be the thing that helps save somebody else. And that's what that's what this whole thing about being a worldly Christian is about is like the best thing that we could do is get to heaven and see other people that we've helped save or we've brought closer to Jesus. Or maybe it's not that. Maybe I don't know. But. That's amazing. Yeah, he is. I just said God is a gangster. Actually, he is. I just didn't want to put that on him and scare nobody. But yeah, God, God, God don't play. God get real greasy. God is us, y'all. Like, that's one thing that people don't understand. God can be petty. God can be funny. Like, he is just like, we are made in the likeness of him. We have so many emotions. He can be this. You, you, you right. I was in church. And um, <laughs> God is hilarious, right? So I was in church and, and an apostle said um, something about lift your voice and sing. 
And I heard God say, you know, I ain't give you that ministry because that's my joke. That's my running joke with God and running joke with y'all is God did not give me the voice of, of he gave me a voice to speak. He did not give me a voice to sing. Right. That is not my ministry. And I heard God tell me and we I started cracking up. He was like, you know, I ain't getting no voice. And I said, that is not your ministry. And I started cracking up like if you the more you have a relationship with God, God is not this stale, stiff, um, mean, per like being that we have been taught that he is. He can be funny. Oh, he cracked me up this weekend uh, or on Wednesday. He can he can be a. Uh, a place of rest. He is just like us. He can get just like he gets mad. He can all the other emotions. He could be silly, all of it. But we won't know that unless we have a relationship. And I was dying because I was just like, yo, you are petty right now. Like, what are you doing? And that's the relationship. You can like, how you gonna come to me in church? I'm trying to and and then the apostle say lift your voice and he said, you know you can't sing. <laughs> That took me out. That was funny. Like the more you get closer to and having a relationship, the more he will expose himself to you and you can have one of those really dope relationships. It doesn't have to be so serious all the time. Um, he wants us to be true on his kingdom, his people. Absolutely. Thank you, Miss Linda. Uh, she Amber says, of course, God is first of everything, but a balance is needed so that we can live. We can still live a life. Absolutely. But you can live a life without doing too much. We just are overindulgers. We like to overindulge. Okay. We we like to go in. And it's just like, okay, you can do a little bit. Just don't go in. A little Nikki music will be on my, my guilty pleasure. Yeah. I mean, even Sarah Jake says she listens to ratchet music. I listen to ratchet music still. You know, I just skip over the cuss words. And, and when I say it no more, I just don't do the cuss part. But <laughs> you could still like, I don't think that you have to like, as a Christian, you don't have to get rid of every single thing. Like I still drink a little wine and drink here and there. I still, I just don't do. And it's whatever you're convicted of. I haven't been convicted of my music. I haven't been convicted of certain things. So it's whatever God is convicting you because he knows like for you, Brit, he knows it. That ain't going to do nothing. That's not going to stop you from getting to him. You know what I mean? So I definitely feel like God, God knows, God knows your heart. God knows what you're doing. Um, yeah. You don't have to be like this shell of a nothing person because you believe in God and Jesus and all those things. Like you're still, you're still like Chamber said, you're still in the world. So, um, yeah, I don't think that that's a bad thing. Royalty says God doesn't bless us because we're good. He blesses us because he is good. However, this also doesn't mean that we can live our lives any kind of way. Absolutely. Love that royalty. Absolutely. Jacqueline says the sooner you say yes to God, the sooner the process will be, um, the smoother the process will be and more full of your life will be. I'm a living witness of that. I love that. But it may not be smooth. I do want to I do want to say that it may not be a smooth process. It wasn't for me. Like sometimes you going you going to go to God like this. Are you sure? I don't want to go. I don't want to. <laughs> depending on what you're convicted to and depending on what you need to let go of, it may not be a smooth process. It may be very painful because you're noticing things about your life that you're like, "Ooh, got to change that." Ooh, that's not good. <laughs> but I hope it is smooth. I hope it is a smooth one, but it may not be. And that's okay. That's God working in you. And that is totally okay. 
Um, she Amber says sometimes Christian people look at it, look in as outsiders, see it as Christians can't have fun or do anything. That's why people run from it because uh, we have hypocrites out here that run away, run with, run them away. Um, I see what you mean. Yeah, you can be, you can have fun and be a Christian, but you are convicted. You can't sleep around. You can't overindulge in alcohol. You can't overindulge in the sweet. Like there's things that you just, it's just like, it's like going in a sorority. Like I don't understand. This is this, this is what baffles me about people sometimes, right? And I'm just saying this in a very general context because this came to me. In a relationship, right? If you're in a boyfriend, girlfriend, or marriage relationship, there are things you no longer can do. If you are in a sorority, you are representative of a sorority. There are things that you just cannot do anymore. If I'm a, if I'm in a sorority, if I have a sorority jacket on, I am not about, I cannot be on OnlyFans or I can't be twerking on a handstand. I can't be smoking with my sorority jacket on, right? Or I can't be falling out drunk with my sorority jacket on because I'm a representative of that sorority. If I'm in a marriage, there are certain things that I cannot do. I can't be <laughs> because I'm a representative of my husband. But for whatever reason, we don't ever want to do that for God. And I'm saying we as a society, we will, we will shift and check. If you're on a football team, there are certain things you're just not allowed to do. You get drug tested. You can't be out. You have to have good grades. If you want to um, be in a secret society or whatever the case may be, there are rules that you have to follow. We will do that as people with everything else. But when it comes to God, when it comes to Christianity or religion, we like, I don't want to do that. That baffles me. We make religion and spirituality or whatever so like we give grace to everything else in life. We sign up for everything else in life. We will do and sacrifice for everything else in life. But when it comes to God, it comes to religion, we'd be like, no, nah, I can't do it. <laughs> I think that that's very interesting. I think that that's very interesting. Yeah, it could be tough. Being convicted is not fun. When God, when you in church, and we about to get out of here, y'all. But when you in church and you hear God say, you, you weren't supposed to do that last night. You'd be like, oh, Lord. Because at first, if, if, if at first it feels great. At first, it's like, ow, party time. Woo, woo, pull over. <laughs> and then when you hear God tell you, uh, you know you weren't supposed to do that, right? You'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had too much fun. I had too much. And he understands. God gives you grace. So just pray. You'll be fine. That's what Jesus died on the cross for us. Um, don't ever feel like, don't be ever too ashamed um, to have that conversation with God. It's okay. It is okay. Um, but yeah, we, we, we will do the most for everything else. Um, but we just won't do that for God. That's interesting. Miss Linda says, when you have a relationship with Christ, it is not a measure of the process, but how you handle and manage the process. It is enlighten enlightening to know that he is on our side. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he knows. He knows. He knows what you're going to deal with. He knows what you're going to deal with before you. That's why he don't tell us none. <laughs> That's why you don't tell us nothing. But I love you guys so much, too. You guys have a beautiful, blessed day. Have a great weekend. Thank you for staying on with me. And we just shooting and talking and, and having a good time. I love you guys so much. I hope you guys have a great one. I will catch you guys on 
Monday. Enjoy your weekend. Happy Friday. Love y'all. Bye.